You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the post-NBA draft edition of the Talking About podcast. I'm Sean Kennedy. With me on the line is Dave Early of Liberty Ballers. Dave, how are you doing? How, how did you enjoy your 2022 NBA draft experience? I thought it was pretty fun, and uh, I'm excited about the Anthony Melton. Yeah, so um, we should say right off the top, the big move for the Sixers was trading the 23rd overall pick along with Danny Green who will have his $10 million contract guaranteed to Memphis for Danthe Melton, a 24-year-old guard. Um, We're going to talk about him in depth in just a moment. But before we do that, I just wanted to get your uh, your overall impressions of the draft. Who did you think came away big winners last night? Anyone that really left you scratching your head as to, like, what's this team doing? Well, I'm, I am getting inundated with text messages from my Knicks fans, friends. <laughs> they, they think it's like some sort of, you know, maybe a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> a lot, a lot of re- reliving phrasing from the hinky days, except instead of the top 10 picks, a lot of them in three years, it's like we can't even figure these protections out. And we think we're targeting a non-star in Jalen Brunson. So I, I guess I feel bad for them, but as a Sixers fan, they're in the division. So any mayhem to the Knicks and Nets, which both are having some, is good for the Sixers, right? Yeah, we can always enjoy some uh, Knicks fan angst, I think, in the, the greater Delaware Valley. Um, yeah, I, I agree that the New York move was really left me wondering what they're doing. They traded away the 11th pick and they get off Kemba Walker's cap number um, by trading him away there's already talk he's going to be bought out um so it looks like they're signing they're, they're looking to sign Jalen brunson to a big offer sheet which could get matched by dallas so this might all be for naught and even if it's not is paying Jalen brunson 100 million dollars like the best move for your franchise i don't know um but to give up the 11th pick for, and some second rounders for three protected firsts uh, where it's likely that none of them will be as good as an 11th pick in the draft. Um, I don't know. Didn't, didn't quite see the, the sense in that. Um, but yeah, more, more Knicks head scratching. Uh, that, that seems to be the, the recent trend with them. And they definitely continued that. Um, whereas on the flip side of that deal, uh, Indiana, or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Detroit, uh, had a had a very good draft. Detroit had Jaden Ivy fall to them at number five, who seems like a perfect fit and was kind of like the consensus number four prospect in the draft, but wasn't a good fit with the Kings roster, so they passed on him. So Detroit got Ivy, and then Duran, who was another prospect that they liked a lot, they they were able to get him with that 11th pick from New York. So um, Detroit 
Detroit basketball could be back. Um, really, really fun night for Detroit. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of a lot of teams wanted to try to trade up to get Jaden Ivey when they heard the Kings. It was funny to watch Jonathan Gavoni on ESPN say, like, the Kings are choosing the Volvo over the Ferrari, and I don't understand why. <laughs> and uh, Tough look for Keegan Murray. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really tough for Keegan because nobody on television could talk about him without talking about how much less dynamic, explosive, and exciting he is than Ivy. <laughs> so I felt a little bit bad for him. You know, he's not the uh, turn <laughs> eye-popping but he is a good, well-rounded, so that was tough. Um, I liked both of the guys the Spurs got. I looked at Sohan when I wasn't sure where he was going to go. Could he fall to 23? Then I realized eventually no chance, but had taken a look at him. And then I liked the other guy the Spurs got, who I did think about for the Sixers was Blake Wesley, not like the ideal fit, but two upside picks for them that maybe they could mold and work on those jumpers. Yeah, the Spurs continuing their their rebuild. Um a lot of a lot of exciting young prospects on that roster um but yeah I, 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 we were talking about it this offline but kind of a quiet night in the draft overall like not a lot of big names got moved uh we were joking that uh d'anthony melton was the biggest current nba player uh arguably that got moved on draft <laughs> night so yeah not not the big swinging star driven trades um at least so far um, that may that may come in the lead up to free agency, but on draft night, a little quieter. There were there were some trades that were interesting, but yeah, for the most part, teams just kind of stayed in their slot and and took who they liked. Um, so let's let's dive into Melton now. So the Sixers, a lot of lead up before the draft. Are they going to trade the twenty third pick? Are they going to trade Matisse Thybul? Um, Danny Green's. $10 million contract, which uh, they had yet to be guaranteed was a big trade chip as far as salary matching. Um, but D'Anthony Melton, this was something that came out of left field entirely. I don't, I don't know. Had you seen any rumors, whiffs, smoke hints about Sixers and Memphis at all in trade talks leading up to the draft, Dave? Cause I had not. I had heard Melton's name come up. Uh, as a trade candidate, but never in conjunction with the Sixers. Um, the, some people, like I talked to Trill Bro Dude, I think Marty had had mentioned Melton because Maury drafted him. So when some of this Philadelphia Rockets stuff started coming up, they were like, well, they can get him, they can get Gordon, they can get Tucker, and, and Melton would be the youngest of this group, so at least they wouldn't be so old. Um, so I, I had talked about him a little bit recently, but no smoke, didn't hear any reports that they might be interested in him. Yeah, so good job by the Sixers front office to, I guess, uh, stem any leaks and, and keep keep that interest uh, on the down low. Um, yeah, I, I had heard that Memphis could be open to moving him and just because they have such a deep roster right now and uh, they have Zaire Williams who could kind of fit into that rotation spot as a perimeter type player. So so maybe Melton, they could, they could look at the cash out um, with just two years left on his deal and maybe allocate the whatever extension money would be coming his way to other play, other young players they have on the roster. Um, so just kind of like an embarrassment of riches as far as the Memphis um, cap sheet and, and young prospect pipeline is concerned. So they had to kind of divert that in some way, um, which I think is where their decision to trade away Melton comes in. 
Um, but yeah, he's a really helpful player. As you said, he's still young, just 24. He's been in the league for four years now. Uh, was a second round draft pick by, by Daryl back in Houston, but he never played for the Rockets. He was traded a few months later to Phoenix. Um, and then one year later was traded to Memphis where he's played the last three years. Um, his, his three point shot was kind of this question mark coming into the league, but the last two years, he's been excellent in that area. Um, 41% two years ago, 37% last year, pretty, pretty high volume. He's, he's good on catch and shoot around four, 40% on catch and shoot opportunities last year. So that all fits really well. Um, he, he and Matisse Thibel were both top three in the league and in, in deflections and uh, Melton had over one, over a steal a game last year in just uh, 22 minutes. So his, his steal per 36 was one of the highest in the league. Uh, so really a active athletic guy who can really play some hard nosed defense and hit threes, like not, not a lot of holes in his game. He can kind of bring, a little bit of everything to the table and just has that juice that I think the roster was really short on last year. We, we always talked about like how slow and unathletic a lot of the roster seemed for the Sixers. There was Maxi, and on nights Matisse was getting extended time. He's, you know, he's wrecking havoc on the defensive end, but other than that, just a lot of like slow methodical guys. Melton is the opposite of that. He can really like juice, juice the transition game. Um, backward of of him and maxi when when harden's sitting on the bench that that's really a fast athletic combo that i'm excited to watch and and he can shoot so he can play off ball he can he has a little bit of bounce to his game on the ball like i don't know i'm really excited about the prospect of melton in philadelphia what what are your impressions of of his arrival dave yeah i think it's exciting you know i know there's still time for this to go awry for us but i'd like to give a quick (laughs) shout out to our Paul Hudrick, who wrote a piece basically that the Sixers are not just going to give away some of these assets to free up cap space, which there were rumors that, that they might do something like that. So I was a little bit, just a little nervous on draft night. And it turned out they used this 23rd pick on Melton and they found a way to get Danny Green's money involved too, which um, worked out for the Sixers to get a player who's a little bit more expensive and worked out for Danny. Happy for him. So Thanks for the memories over the last two years, Mr. Green. Um, yeah, it would have been a really tough break for Green if in his last game as a Sixer, you know, has the ACL injury and suddenly his $10 million is not picked up. Um, I think know, so. I, I think it's a, a good turn of events for, you know, a good guy in Danny Green. And, and I'm happy it's worked out. And, uh, you know, for from Memphis's standpoint, maybe he – I think February was a little ambitious, but maybe he can come back in April and make like the Victor Oladipo type contribution where he's suddenly in the coming off the bench in the playoffs and, and, and helping them in some fashion. That, that would be a, a nice outcome, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, not not exclusively the spoils of riches in terms of their young roster. I, I do think that there's probably some recency bias going on with Memphis. And, you know, it, it should be noted that Melton did not have a wonderful playoffs, and that's probably played a factor in why the Sixers were able to acquire him. Um, you know, I took a look at his heat map and all the shots he took against the Golden State Warriors, and he certainly hit a cold patch. So there will be streaky, some streakiness with his jump shot, I think. You know, we have gotten used to that with guys like Covington, 
uh, maybe Danny Green himself, but it got, if the guys can hit a, sh- a certain percentage, basically Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers are going to be okay with the streaks, right? Even if the fans are not. But I was looking a little bit deeper. He was 68 of 161 for over 42% when given six feet or more of room. on So wide open threes. And my guess is Maury and his team looked at stuff like that and were like, we can get him double that. Like we can get him 200 wide open threes because James Harden and Joel Embiid, there's going to be more wide, wide open looks than he is gotten used to. And so we're not too worried about the, uh, the really tough threes he was taking against Golden State. Some of those were well contested and off the dribble. Sixers may not need him to do that all too much. Yeah, he's going to get much more of those wide open looks you were mentioning off of Joel Embiid kickouts when he's getting double or triple teamed um, in the post or, or James Harden driving and, and drawing the defender and kicking out to the perimeter. Um, yeah, those, those will definitely be there for Melton. So yeah, I, I think he's a vi- very viable catch and shoot option off the ball. And I think that he'll see a lot more opportunities uh, to excel in that area of his game in Philadelphia. Um, and, and still, you know, just 24 and he's improved his three point shooting a lot from where it was a couple of years ago. So it's not like you can definitely say he's a finished product. There's, there's obviously room for continued upside with him, um, which I think compared to like going after Eric Gordon, who was 33 and on the, on the downslope of his career arc, I think getting a, a young guy with potentially some runway to improve uh, is a welcome alternative in my mind. Keep, keep Pompey said the dream's not dead for Dara. I don't know if that's, if that's <laughs> anything to that. Yeah. So we, we can talk about that next. So the, the two kind of uh, big rumors that were going around were the PJ Tucker free agency signing for the Sixers, which the, the three-year $30 million deal was one that Keith had brought up and that would require the non-taxpayer mid-level exemption. So you could fit him in at around $10 million per year using that. Um, and the other one was trading for Eric Gordon with, with uh, Houston. And he was getting around night. He's under contract for around 19 and a half million next season and a little over little under 21 the following year so the Sixers would have had to do some salary matching uh, to pull that trade off and that would have very likely required Danny Green's 10 million dollar contract to pull that off this offseason so it seems like both of those avenues are much less realistic as a result of this trade Um, you're not going to be able to get unless you really make a big move like get Tobias uh, traded or if James Harden doesn't opt in and he signs re-signs at a much lower number than his cap number would be for this upcoming season. You think he might forget to opt in? Again? <laughs> he's, got, he's got four days. Yeah, the I think the deadline is 5 p.m. on June 29th for, for let's, Harden. Let's hope he forgets. <laughs> yeah, can anybody just like send him a bottle and like a voucher for, for, <laughs> for a club and, and try to keep him occupied for a few days. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the, the avenue the team tries to go. Uh, yeah. So that that's something to keep an eye on, but I think all the reporting has been that Harden's going to opt in and the team friendly version of things is that 
he'll extend for an additional two years at a at a more team friendly number. Um, but I, I think we have to be prepared for him opting in and the the forty seven million or whatever whatever the figure is for the upcoming year that that being the number on the cap sheet. So if if that does transpire and Tobias is not traded, then you, you really only have access to the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is between six to seven million dollars. So if you're PJ Tucker, you just opted out of getting over seven million to remain with the Heat this season. It seems like he is getting offers in the ten million dollar range. Would he want to come here for I don't know the exact figure, but six and a half million if you were willing to do three years at that number? Is that enticing to get maybe an extra year than than other teams are willing to offer? Probably not. Probably not, because you're you're you could you could be looking at like two years twenty million versus three years. I guess it would be three years around 20 million. So the, the, the math just wouldn't add up. So it, it, it would seem like barring something extreme, the PJ Tucker, uh, bringing him in the, bringing the dog into the doghouse uh, does not, does not seem like it's going to be workable, whether or not, even though Joel Embiid has been pushing for it. So I- on, on draft <laughs> night, we did hear a couple reports that, when in pursuit of Gordon, like the Portland Trailblazers were interested in Matisse Stiebel, but they didn't want to do a three-way deal, or at least that was the implication of Keith Pompey's report. Uh, if the Sixers still really did want to get a guy like Tucker, they could move off of Matisse and Korkmaz and then be pretty close to opening up that larger exception, and maybe they could still pursue it. Um, that's when you start getting into those, like, moving guys for cap space to sign a guy. And then you start to ask yourself, is Tucker and two vet mins better than Matisse and Korkmaz and a $6 million MLE or, or questions like that. And I, it, it's closer than it might sound upon first glance. So. Yeah. I would say in a vacuum, you'd rather have Tucker than Thibel in the short term. I mean, Tucker's shown he's capable of being, a playoff rotation player, an impactful guy in the postseason, whereas Stiebel, that's right now, we would have to say he's not given his struggles on the offensive end. Now, could that ever change in the future? Sure. But I, I think Tucker would be more of a sure thing in the short term. Um, but as, as you said, there's opportunity costs because you're, you're trading away Thibel and the opportunity cost of bringing in a guy with a taxpayer mid-level exception. So who right. could you get with that? Six and a half million dollars. Very, very possible. Thibel and Korkmaz and whatever they can get for that six million will be better than Tucker and you know two guys who make one point eight mil. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, the kind of calculus Daryl Morey is working with right now. Um, and and you would also have to find a a buyer for Thibel and Korkmaz without trading away any anything back onto the Sixers cap sheet. So you're getting be, nothing uh, back. So yeah. you have to call like Oklahoma who has cap space for another three days or something crazy. Yeah. So not, not a lot of teams in the league that have 10 million in, in cap space to just take on players without giving any in, in matching in return. Um, so yeah, pretty limited options on that front. So um, considering what the Knicks did to get rid of Kemba Walker, it's tough to unload <laughs> salary. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't have any, 11th overall pick sitting around. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah, so it's it's not that it's impossible that PJ Tucker will eventually be a sixer, but it looks very, very unlikely, at least in relation to where it did a day ago. Um, the other one we we discussed um, as as being out there was the Eric Gordon thing. S- very similar situation where they needed the, sal- the salary matching. Yeah, it would it could still happen, but it probably would require a Tobias Harris trade or uh, a Harden different salary structuring than what we're expecting. And I, yeah, I don't even know how you would get would the matching work with if it was Quirkmas, Thibel, like Niang. I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure how, how it would work. I, th- I think it would have to require a Tobias trade where you got a smaller salary in return that you could then trade for Gordon. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I just think it's very difficult to imagine a I'm mechanism up, where, where Gordon's a, a sixer. Pulling up the daily six, Derek Bodner says, with regards to Gordon, the Sixers would have to come up with 15.6 million in outgoing. So he says, even with Korkmaz, Niang, and Thibel, you're still 3 million short. So now you're also thinking like Joe and Shake or, or something like that. Yeah. So like a third of your roster. Yeah. And, and Houston would have to be willing to not include anybody else, which I mean, they have a lot of young guys on the roster that why would they jettison two to three players just to facilitate this trade? Yeah. They unless, have to cut unless, players they want. Yeah. Exactly. So unless you were really making it worth, their while as far as like draft compensation or something like why why would they do that it, it just wouldn't make sense so yeah i don't i don't see a a clear path for eric gordon to come to philadelphia which i i think is fine i was i was never on like the gung-ho for gordon bandwagon and especially now that they have melton who you know has good wingspan and can potentially play in three guard lineups with maxi harden and himself himself that can be a three guard lineup uh, as like a, a change-up lineup at times, I would say, but he he's still like firmly a guard. So if you're bringing, like, how would you bring Gordon into the mix? And you'd be really small and, and your wing depth would be cut even further, um, losing Matisse in that deal. So yeah, I, I just don't see Eric Gordon coming to Philadelphia, despite the fact that uh, Pompey is reporting that they're still, they're still trying on that front. It just doesn't seem very likely. If, if they could, the height being the height aside, I do think what Gordon brings that Melton probably doesn't is a guy who's who's comfortable shooting like 10 threes in 36 minutes, and you're okay with most of like almost every one of them. So they could still use someone who, you know, Gordon when he spots up, he's spotting up sometimes four feet behind the three-point line. James Harden and uh, Joel and B when they're running that pick and roll, the biggest problem they had as the year ended was that they com- teams completely ignored their spot up shooters. And you might be able to get away with doing that. The Warriors did that to DeAnthony Melton. They would do that to PJ Tucker and they would live with, you know, getting a hand up and one of those guys taking a shot. But with Gordon, you might not, you might just not leave him. So that's why I guess Daryl would look at a guy like him, but he's not the only one out there who can shoot. No. And again, 33 years old wasn't playing high intensity games in Houston the last couple years. Um, and the last, last year he played 57 games. The two years prior to that, he played 36 and 27. So he's been dealing with injuries. There's been like load management. Uh, 
so even though yeah it looks good that he shot 41 percent last year is that just like a, a one-off bounce back year outlier and at, on his way down the career curve and I don't, I don't think that would be something they should reasonably expect going forward um just a lot of a lot of question marks and and potential red flags with a, a Gordon acquisition where, yeah, he, he would definitely be helpful in a lot of areas facing the floor and as a, a spot up guy that people couldn't ignore. And in his prime was a decent guard defender, like definitely honed his teeth in the playoffs. Like he, he was a, a guy you felt very comfortable out, out there as a playoff rotation guy. Um, but yeah, just at this stage of his career, I, I didn't feel good about everything they would have to do to get him um, as far as the cap mechanisms went. And then, okay, that's, we're kind of locked in and Gordon's the last, last member of the rotation we can feasibly bring in that, that wasn't a comfortable position for me. Um, So yeah, I'm kind of glad they, they went in a different direction. I like getting a 24 year old like Melton on a, on an $8 million a year deal for the next couple of years versus a 33 year old in a 20 year, $20 million a year deal. Good, good, good outcome in my mind. Yeah. All right, so we should quickly mention, um, aside from the the Melton trade, the the Sixers didn't have any second round picks. They didn't decide to buy any or or trade in back into the second round. Um, Josh Harris flew off in his helicopter around around the end of the first round. I was <laughs> disappointed to I was disappointed to hear that because I was hoping they would buy. Last year they bought like the fiftieth pick, or was it Bassey? Yeah, that was the Bassey. Pick. I was selection. hoping they could do that and get a guy like Kendall Brown who was sliding to the late forties, but didn't yeah, happen. yeah, we're like EJ Little. Or yeah, is it Liddell or I, I I've been saying Liddell. Yeah, Liddell, like Ice Man Chuck. Yeah, so he he went at forty one. So it's like, oh, could you have gotten in there at thirty nine or forty? Um, and and got him too, a guy a lot of people were circling at 23 for the Although Sixers. I think that comes out of your MLE and that's pe- that's why people were saying they probably didn't. Yeah, so there, there are certainly other factors at play, but that was something I was wondering in the back of my mind. Um, but nevertheless, th- yeah, they didn't make a, a second round selection, didn't get, didn't get back into the second round, but they did make uh, a handful of moves at the end of the night. They they signed uh, Ju- Julian Champagny to a two-way deal. So Charlie Brown Jr. is one of their two-way deals. Uh, Champagne is now another one. Um, he was a wing at St. John's the last three years. He's about to turn 21, averaged about 19 points a game the last two years for the Red Storm. Doesn't seem like he was really a slider. It seems like he was kind of like a end-of-the-second-round guy that that didn't hear his name called. So, But he's going to be in a two-way deal, so they definitely need, whether it's him or... Charlie Brown Jr., you would like one of these wings to kind of emerge as a 10th, 11th man because they, they really need some wing help. So I don't mind taking a shot there. Um, they also signed uh, Michael Foster Jr. and Aminu Muhammad to what are pretty much training camp deals. It seems like they'll just be participating with the summer league team, probably be in camp, but I don't expect them to make the roster. But any any thoughts on the Champagne? move or any any of these uh middle of the night transactions Dave? yeah i saw was it you who did the write-up on champagne and yes yeah. he looks like he could really shoot brian toparek of forbes had a funny he topa wrecked the sixers by basically saying they have no two-way wings but now they have a wing who's a two-way player 
which I thought was funny. Yeah, they have no um, two-way wings, but they have two wings on two ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like it. And everything I've seen looking at some of these guys, Aminu, Foster, and Champagne, uh, I think there's intrigue there for sure on all three. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was able to do the uh, the 1 a.m. right up on Champagne because my, my son decided to wake up at 11 o'clock and cry for three hours. So I was up. <laughs> there, might, there might be a few days before they, they move on where we can make some Champagne pop the cork jokes. Yeah, that was that was my immediate. Uh, yeah, I put that in the. I see that the subheader there. That was excellent job by you. Yeah, it was. It was just too too easy. I, I couldn't avoid it, even if it was a yeah, bit 102, of one o two one o two a.m. <laughs> yeah, your son crying. You got that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not digging deep for nuanced <laughs> humor at that time of the night. Um, all right, so that that'll kind of wrap up our our draft portion of this for the Sixers. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One other thing we wanted to touch upon was the noise out of Brooklyn, which we've obviously you you, you cover Brooklyn as well, so we we talk about that a fair amount. And obviously with the the Harden Simmons trade and a lot of connections between the two franchises now, but now I, I, an additional one as the Sixers were brought up on Kyrie Irving's trade list, if he was not to receive the kind of long-term deal he's looking for from Brooklyn. So that list included the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavericks, and the Sixers. Um, Dave, (laughs) how realistic is Kyrie Irving leaving Brooklyn? And is this something Sixers fans should uh, keep an eye on? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it reminds me of when uh, Kawhi Leonard was wondering if he was going to stay in Toronto join LeBron and Anthony Davis in LA or go to the Clippers and start something on his own. And I was really nervous because I don't want any super teams in the NBA when I'm rooting for the Sixers. So if Kyrie does something wild, if he becomes willful and unpredictable and angry at Joe Sy for not just 
probably doing what he should do and give him a four or five year max to keep Kevin Durant happy and keep them as contenders. If he goes and takes like a $6 million MLE to play on a contender, that's going to be terrible because he, you know, last when he's out there, he's like a top 20 player minimum. So it is a very scary situation, even though I also enjoy seeing very bad things happen to a division rival like the Nets. I can't really feel comfortable until I see how this is resolved. Just, the offshore chance that he goes to like the Clippers. Um, and also the Sixers should explore acquiring him because maybe they could get him on their MLE. What, I mean, I, I guess we shouldn't discount Kyrie doing anything because he's shown he's a mercurial dude who will march to the beat of his own drum. And it, exactly. it might, it might not always be pure logic that's driving him, but he, what kind of money would he be giving up if he, he ch- chooses to sign an MLE? Do, do you have a, like a, a if, broad estimate? <laughs> I believe if he got a five-year max, he could get up close to 250, 270 or something, right? And if he takes if he, a year one deal there, if he were to opt in, it's probably in mid-30s. So if he were to go take $6 million, yeah, he'd be, he'd be foregoing like $30 million cash, not to mention he'd have to move. Who knows where he'd end up? Um, maybe the cost of living is more expensive with all that transit. And who knows what his deal would look like next year. So he's he already lost like a $200 million contract because he didn't want to get vaccinated in one of the few cities where he needs to be to play. I wouldn't put anything past this player. So the idea that this could never happen doesn't make me feel comfortable if I'm Daryl Morey. I want to explore the things that almost certainly won't happen just in case. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think most people would say passing up one close to 30 million would be a non-starter, but yeah, it's Kyrie Irving. So we don't know. We, it, it, it could very much be in the offing. Um, yeah. If, if the Sixers have a path, uh, I think you kind of worry about the fit stuff. I, I think Kyrie and Harden together again, after that, relationship seemed to have soured i don't know how that how interesting that would be uh you know maxi and Kyrie and harden to all together that's a super small roster so yeah i don't i don't know how realistic any of it is but it's it's fun it's fun to talk about and speculate on and we also hear that kevin durant's keeping a close eye on the situation and if Kyrie were to bolt and he was left all alone in brooklyn would he look to move? And there's those reports where Bobby Marks is saying it would be the biggest trade package in the history of the league if the Nets decided to move on from Durant and they could suddenly be looking at Ben Simmons as their remaining quote-unquote headliner <laughs> on the roster, which from where they were a year ago, that would just be just about the whole, most hilarious thing in the history of the league. demands a trade to Philly. Now you're wondering, okay, do we offer Tobias or James Harden? Like, <laughs> I, I think they, they could sell James on the idea. I think James was very much into the idea of a big three in Brooklyn, and he was absolutely disgusted that he's out there playing on bad hamstrings and Kyrie's not playing at all. So Kyrie has used the scorned X joke about Boston fans booing him. I think you could say, like, look, here's your ex. You didn't want to date her because she was never around, but now she's here every game. Oh, and also we'll give you an extra $20 million to put up with it in your contract negotiations. I think James could get on board with something like that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it could be brought around. Um, 
hey, it's the big three, but now you have the back-to-back runner-up MVP also. Big so. four with Maxi. <laughs> so, I mean, this is all n- never going to happen, obviously. But <laughs> what what would you would you have to give up Maxi to get Durant? I I, I mean, I would Durant, feel like you'd yes. have to. Yeah. To, I mean, to get the money right, you'd have to Tobias to start. Yeah, like but the, but they would they would demand Maxi, I would say. Absolutely demand Maxi. Yeah. The only way you're not getting Maxi is if they really wanted Harden back for some reason. Um, Which Harden hard going moral. back and ending the lone guy, like that wouldn't work since he just kind of demanded a trade for that reason. Yeah, so I think it'd be like <laughs> Tobias, Maxi, and then all your young guys. Yeah, so you'd be looking at Brooklyn's big three from last year plus Joel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Never going to happen, but kind of fun to chop it up <laughs> and and uh, speculate on. Let's so just, just feel nervous that Miami doesn't get one of these guys, basically. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, like if it's an L.A. team, at, at least they're in the West and right. that doesn't really directly impact the Sixers. But yeah, if it was like Miami, that that would be a, a big blow because now you're looking at another Eastern Conference contender that would be significantly improved as a result for you know, if, if it's a Kyrie that's demanding out at all costs, you would imagine Miami wouldn't have to give up too much to get it done. And also uh, imagine you had this miracle run and made it to the finals and then had to face this unbeatable super team because Kyrie's on an MLE with Kai and Paul George and Robert Covington. That would be awful. Yeah, I wouldn't look forward to that. Um, <laughs> uh, the Sixers have enough going against them in terms of, you know, age curves and roster fits and everything else. They, they don't Google need Google be... not being South Beach. <laughs> yes. They don't, they don't need super teams yeah. in the, in the, on the opposing sideline either. So, all right, Dave, well, this was fun. Um, I don't expect anything to come of Brooklyn noise, but fun, fun to talk about, but I, I was very pleased with the draft. I, I like Anthony Melton a lot. I think he's going to be a, at a minimum, he's a guy you can throw in the rotation in the playoffs and feel good about. And the Sixers only had X number of those guys last year, which was a big problem. So they, at a minimum, they added one more of those. I think there's some upside with him given his age and career tra- trajectory. And uh, he's just super athletic and bouncy and fast and fun. And I think Sixers fans are really going to enjoy watching him. So I, yeah. I, I felt like it was a good night. Yeah, Darryl Morey mentioned when they got George Hill the dream was we want to field five guys for a closing lineup that can all play both ends of the floor and all have playoff experience. Maybe now he's got what he hoped George would have provided a year ago. Yeah. Right. So right now you're closing five. You'd be looking at, uh, you'd have Melton in there as like a three with Harden, Maxi, Tobias, and Joel. And you kind of hope either Melton's long enough or Harden with his low center of gravity, great, post-defense ability like one of them can guard a bigger player and you kind of kind of go from there um and a lot of teams play small nowadays anyway so as long as you have joel there to protect a rim like that's workable so yeah that's that would be an intriguing closing five i'd I'd be interested in seeing that um yeah but i I, you know have the feeling daryl's not done we'll see they at, at a minimum they'll have the taxpayer emily so who can you bring in for that six million dollar slot um, I, I have a feeling it would have to be a wing. Uh, so yeah, he's not done. We'll see what com- comes in free agency and everything else. But yeah, I, I think it was a, a good step forward for the, for the team. I like it. Hashtag Daryl's not done. <laughs>
more for more a <laughs> <laughs> all right all right dave well thank you for joining me and uh i'll talk to you again soon uh, right. yeah, before we go we're, yeah give your uh give your info and everything oh, at, at david early on twitter you can shoot me a dms are open ask me a question about the sixers and we'll try to talk about it on one of these upcoming pods yeah yeah definitely do that for everyone out there dave's dave's very online and willing to engage um He's always happy to uh, to talk hoops with people. So, yeah, if you want to do that, that's that's where you can find him. I'm at Philly Fast Break on Twitter. I'm very much not online, so don't expect the same level of engagement. But uh, you're I'm dad, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I got other stuff going on. All right, Dave, I will talk to you soon. Um, yeah, good good night for the Sixers. Um, everyone else out there, talk to you next week. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.